art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Okay, here we go. Something, something. Okay, here we go. Hey, everybody. James Han. And Podcast Rob. And it's time for another Something in Review. No? Shit, it's a Bubba match. We gotta run. <laughs> Fuck. Could be Hillbilly. We don't know. That, Haven't seen it that's yet. That's true. Haven't seen him yet. Oh, somebody went down. Oh, oh fuck. Wait for Kindred to kick in. Hey! Those were... Hey, yes, we are, uh, if you didn't figure this out, we are talking about the new Netflix requel, remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I believe the technical term is requel because (laughs) it's been, so, I mean, technical term, finger quotes. It's supposed mm. to be a sequel, but it's also kind of ignoring other movies that came after the original. It's trying to insert itself into the timeline as, if not the direct sequel to the original 1974, then at least in the main family tree of those sequels. Right. Uh, it's It skips... Uh, kills it keeps some of uh, season of the witch and it jumps right into <laughs> book of secrets yeah very <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna go die with a vengeance yeah pretty much <laughs> Woo. Um, so this is what I like about this first off is that you suggested this because I'm loath to to put horror movies up on our review board Um because I know they're much more my cup of tea and me and my wife than than you. You don't really dive into the horror as much um, where you're like, oh, I'm gonna, what do you think about Texas Chainsaw? And I was like, well, we watched it two days ago. I have opinions. So I just didn't even think to bring it up. Allow me to retort to that. Uh, while horror is not my go-to cup of tea, like I don't have a problem watching it. It's sure. just if given an option of horror or something else, very rarely is horror my first choice. So that's not to say, you know, you can't come up to me and be like, hey, uh, you want to do a review of, uh, you know, the the crawling hand that lives under the stairs? I haven't seen it, but where can I watch it? Like, I don't have a problem doing reviews on that. So don't don't be shy about bringing that kind of shit up. That's, that's neither here nor there. God knows I've made you watch countless shit that you would never in a million years that's true, but we do it for family. I'll, I'll say so okay. I'll say never in five hours watch because <laughs> you, much like I, are like terrible movie. Where exactly? I uh, I recently <clears throat> discovered a YouTube guy. I'll get his name before we're done. Um, and he just watches bad movies. Shocker! I enjoy him. He's this Canadian dude, and he's got kind of this just conversational description of movies and. Like, for example, he did The Last Dragon. He goes, so this is more of a movie that isn't really bad as much as there's bad elements. And there's two elements in this that I want an entire franchise and an action figure. of." Well, there you go. Um, But he does a lot of like the bad Argento films. Sure. Like the sixth sequel to Return of the Revenge of the Living Dead. (laughs) Last House on the Left, you know. Or Wicked Prayer. (laughs) Yeah. Very good. Or 3D. this movie. Yeah, this maybe. one's not good. Gonna hold the test of time. <laughs> this might not hold the test of February. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's well, I, it's we're recording this on the twenty sixth, so it will hold the test of February. Let's say it probably won't hold the test of March. 
Because yeah, I believe no, this, st- this episode is airing on March 8th. So It's still in the top 510 of like the things people are watching on Netflix. That will not last. Um, I do not believe anything that Netflix says about that kind of shit. Oh, that's fair. Because it's always... I You know, sometimes I do... Sometimes I don't like I tend to believe that Despicable Me 2 was at the top of the list last week because they had just gotten all those DreamWorks rights. So people are like, oh, my God, I'm going to dive into some Minion movies. Um, Not my family per se, but me. I enjoy a good Minion. This movie. Number one, Texas Chainsaw isn't one of my go to franchises. They're okay. I understand their importance. 1974 indie horror flick, very gritty, old real style movie. Like, I understand its place in the history of the horror shit I love. Um, but it's it's not my go-to. And I don't think it ever will be. Do, do you have a love of the Texas Chainsaw? Um... I couldn't tell you when the first time I saw the original was, uh, but yeah, I was never a Leatherface kind of dude. Uh, if anything, I was much more of a Freddy kind of dude. Yeah. Um, wasn't much into Michael Myers, wasn't much into, you know, Jason. Those really kind of weren't my jams because I guess for me, apart from the original uh Nightmare on Elm Street. Everything else had much more of kind of a comedic bent to it, and mm-hmm. I was I was more drawn to the horror mixed with comedy slash sarcasm than the horror just for the sake of horror. Um, but again, that that tracks with my take on you know if I had a choice. Um, but I mean, I remember I watched the original one. I can't tell you when or if I watched the second or third ones. I didn't sure. watch the next generation. I didn't watch the one from two thousand and three. Uh, I know I didn't watch the one in three D. <laughs> Fucking hell! But I mean, this was kind of all over the social medias over the last couple of days. It was like, oh my god, yeah. Leatherface is back! And I have to tell you. From the minute I saw the trailer on YouTube, I was like, mmm, shit show. Like, really? The, the trailer itself just looked to me, again, not being that I'll choose horror first kind of guy, just felt bad. Like, the whole point of three somewhat 20 something year old people. Uh, coming into, you know, in the trailer, uh, for those who know the franchise, obviously know that that's Harlow or, you know, that it takes it back to its roots. But, mm-hmm. like, for me, it's just like, okay, cool. So they're buying or selling or flipping property mm-hmm. in an abandoned town. And I-, I don't know if it was the resolution that the trailer was filmed in or the resolution that it was on the YouTube channel, but... The scene of, like, all the sunflowers, like, the dead and dying sunflowers, and then Leatherface kind of, like, popping up from in the sea of sunflowers. Yes. It looked so terribly two-dimensional and cut and pasted on a green screen that I was just like, they chose this for part of their trailer? (laughs) Um, I... I came at it from a different side. I uh, Now, to take a step back, my wife is a big Leatherface and Michael Myers fan. Very sorry. Um, so I hadn't seen all of the Texases uh, until at some point in time during one of our horror marathons. You know, we've gone through them. Um, so when I saw that there was the Netflix one, I threw the trailer up for her. And I had a... My hope was... Was that it was a sort of sleeker, Eli Rothy, violenty, torture porny take, like a modern uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 1974 sort of changed the game. This is we're gonna we're trying to do something new, um, or at least bring it back to gruesome. So I walked in with that in mind, and yeah, um, so they they the move. 
the movie starts well. It starts with one thing that I think was awesome. And that has that inside edition sort of documentary style. Harlow, 1974. A mystery that has remained for 30, 40, whatever the fuck years. One girl escapes her whereabouts unknown. Footnote, she'll be appearing later. The other four, dead. Who was Leatherface? Like, etc. I thought that was a good framing device. It tells you that, like, okay, this is a hatchet job. We're starting it. Texas Chainsaw 2, as far as we're concerned. So, to, to tie in on that, I did like the way that was beginning. I did yeah. like the start for that, because it immediately pulled those fans of the franchise and of the original into letting them know uh, unequivocally, without any question, this is where we're starting and this is where we're picking up from. Because... John Larroquette, who narrated the original 1974 in the beginning. John Larroquette? Yes. He's the same guy who did the narration for the 2022. So the fact that they got the same guy to do the narration and picked right up where uh, Sally Hardesty escapes and is the only survivor, you immediately know if you are a fan of the franchise... This starts right after the original. We're ignoring everything else. If you don't know the franchise, it doesn't matter because you don't know the franchise. You just know right. that this is picking up 50 years later. As a quick aside, like I just had to Google. I would have sworn that John Larroquette passed last year. Uh, this is a Berenstain situation, I think. Okay. Fair so enough. Please. He's alive. I checked. But if, if anybody out there has also any memory of John Larroquette passing, please message us but yes we have this group of kids that are heading to harlow they get pulled over by a cop oh first off they have the jeepers creepers van uh sort of run them off the road and oh it's the pickup truck yeah yeah and the cop pulls them over for reasons well i mean not to get too deep into it, because I don't want to go right. through every 30 seconds of the movie. But No, I know, but it, it's where... It gives you a sense of who these people are in, A, the fact that they all appear to be 20 to 25 years old. They're driving a Tesla, yet they pull into a gas station, and the dude, the, the one chick, uh, what the fuck is her name? Uh, Sarah. I'm sorry, okay. Melody. Um, the older one? Yes. Okay. Uh, There's older, younger, and... Deep. Yeah. Melody immediately starts talking shit about the redneck dude who's at the gas station. Not to his face, mind you, just loud enough that it is obviously intended for him to be heard. Because dude's carrying a gun. Cool. So she has to, like, start running her mouth, and that kind of causes the whole situation of why they almost get run off the road and why, hey, why are we getting pulled over and not the dude who nearly ran us off the road kind of bullshit. So you know right from the beginning the movie is portraying these this group as in, unlikable, entitled tr- fucking troublemakers. And this is the reason I bring up the cops because it's my number one question that I asked you when we decided we were pardon me, going to do this movie, and I know you don't put as much weight behind it as I do. They make a point to tell us that they're chefs. Yeah. The driver says, the the cop goes, oh, you're that famous chef. And he goes, and my partner's here too, or soon to be fiance, whatever. Uh, Oh, the fiance is the girl in the front. Yeah. Um, They're running some sort of sitch where they've either bought the town they're going to turn it into like a bougie art center. They're going to turn it into a cult because that suggestion is made and never denounced. Exactly. Uh, some, some sort of hip hipster commune, some art bougie thing. Like it's never explained, but they make a point to let us know they are chefs. There's no plot development about it. There's no point to it. They could have just as quickly said, yeah, he made a lot of money playing sports or she's a supermodel or they've sold their NFTs. Like, it doesn't fucking matter. But for some reason, this they make a point of it. And it's so. It's there's no Chekhov's gun about them being chefs. No, I so I, it lingered in my head. I think there is a 
I hope for the sake <laughs> of whoever made this movie, there is just a shit ton of stuff on the cutting room floor that would have made any of that shit matter. Because, yeah, this it doesn't, like, not only is their occupation so inconsequential that they could have been chefs, like you said, they could have been, you know, people who made millions painting denim jackets for high school kids. <laughs> yeah. They could have, you know, stolen Bitcoin. Who the fuck mm -hmm. cares? Like, it didn't even have to be mentioned. Oh, you're the people who bought Harlow. That's all they needed. Yes. Oh, you're the gentrification people. <laughs> they, they didn't have to put a specific title onto it. Oh, you're the sous chef. What, who the fuck cares? The the car and uh, like you said, their entitled attitudes gave everything away. Yeah, exactly. So we get to. Tell. I'm guessing at least two of those people in the car were vegans, and I'm guessing at least one of them <laughs> did CrossFit. I'm a third level vegan. I don't eat food that casts its own shadow. <laughs> That's a new one on me. <laughs> That's a Lisa Simpson quote. So I do want to make mention because we're talking about them Please. at the gas station real quick. The first thing that I really had to like hit pause, rewind, watch that scene again because numbers were running through my brain is oh, the yes. fact that she's ringing up two bags of chips and energy drink and a tchotchke thing. And the guy's mm -hmm. like, that'll be $18.99. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> So I go back, because one of the things that she bought was a chainsaw corkscrew, because this dude has, like, you know, he's got news clippings all over the wall inside of his little quick mart. Everything, like, they're they're using, it's almost like the little alley inn out in fucking Roswell, right. New Mexico. It, it's the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Inn and Gift Shop. Like, all the stuff about Leatherface and pictures of him and artwork and blah, 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 and T-shirts and everything. So I'm like, okay, cool. Let me back up here. The corkscrew was $15. <laughs> so an energy drink and two bags of chips were $3. Dude is losing his shirt on yeah. everything that he sells. An energy drink alone is probably like six bucks at a little rural backwoods bullshit place like he was running. 1,000%. You know you're in the middle of nowhere. Mark it up. Yeah, I'm like, what? Okay, first problem with the movie. That's the real <laughs> horror of this movie. That dude can't do fucking basic math <laughs> to keep his business afloat. It's the economic problem. I mean, that, that means they bought the town for 50 bucks and a Snickers bar. Exactly. Um, which this... Your point actually holds weight for later because he's this tells us what this town is like. They know the story of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. They they know Leatherface. They know what happened here. And now we move to, and it should not be understated, the middle of the goddamn town. They are in the town square where the rest of this movie really takes place. Right. Um the one guy who works in town, because the place is empty. And there's one guy who has a thriving automotive and construction business. Why? Um, <laughs> they see a Confederate flag. They go, all right, we got to go take that down. They go in and there's somebody still living in the house. And this is where the horror begins, please. Right, but, so, yeah, the dude who's running the auto shop is the dude who almost ran him off the road who was carrying oh, yes. the gun at the gas station. So now, all of a sudden, you know, Lippy, Lippy Chick is, like, you know, eating a humble pie because it's like, oh, fuck, this is the guy who actually was the contractor that we hired to do what? The, t the fucking buildings are still, <laughs> you know, most of them should probably have fucking red squares with white X's on them to... Let the first responders know that it's not safe to go inside. Everything in the town was just like trash. It looked like it looked like they moved into the set of Back to the Future Three and just didn't yes. bother to change anything. One, that's exactly what it looked like. 
So, yeah, the oh, the investors are going to be here soon. So apparently, like like James said, they bought this entire town for, you know, 50 bucks and a handshake. And they're going to have people come in who are going to bid on these buildings because they're going to revitalize it and gentrify the whole city and blah, 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 blah. And put food trucks. There's a there's a lengthy discussion about where they're going to put food trucks and a comic book store. Yeah. So who's going to go there? Why does this dude have a lucrative auto repair shop (laughs) in this fucking town? There is nobody else who lives in this town except for. The mother, who we will get to momentarily, and she's not driving. Is she's wheeling around her oxygen on a cart? Is that what he repairs? Does she go in once every week and get the oil changed on it? Is that what what's keeping his business afloat, or is he getting half of the fifteen dollars for the chainsaw corkscrew <laughs> from everybody the dude down cut. the road? Yeah, everybody's got to get a cut in this town. It's got a vague... Like, there's no reason that there is any sort of business open and available in this town because there literally is two people living in this town, neither one of them driving. So, I don't know what the fuck (sighs) he actually has a business for. But, yeah, oh my god, the investors are going to be here in, like, 30 seconds. We need to get that Confederate flag down because that's not going to fly. But... And that's that's legitimately the thing that will stop this whole transaction from occurring. Yeah. A torn up Confederate flag in a Confederate town in a Confederate state. Yeah. Anyway. Because nobody in Texas has seen a Confederate flag anywhere. Yeah. Or have one tattooed on their arm. They go into the house. Somebody's still living there. Mama, who uh, was apparently like the wayward home for lost boys. And they get into a tete-a-tete about whether she owns the house or not. Now, another red flag. She says, I still own this house. I have the deed. Prove it. I will. Prove it. I don't have to. Prove it. The cops come in and they say, we told you to leave two weeks ago. Well, even if she has the fucking deed, she was asked to leave. Right. So... Already, even though you're not supposed to side with the, the, we'll call them survivors at this point, like they're being assholes, they're they're still kind of a little bit in the right. Even if she has the piece of paper, deals went down. Um, So she has a heart attack because of all this and they send her off. And with her goes... <sighs> Son. Lunk. Sloth. Who... We don't see his face for any sort of extended anything that isn't covered in shadow. Uh, her, her good boy, but he needs help and he's not all there. And the big question I want to ask you, are we supposed to believe that this is the original 1974 Leatherface? <sighs> I understand. Take a moment. So... Based on the write-up in IMDb and in other review sites, Mm -hmm. the way it is posited is... After near, so this is directly from IMDb. After nearly 50 years of hiding, Leatherface returns to terrorize a group of idealistic young friends who accidentally disrupt his carefully shielded world in a remote Texas town. To mm. me, that is saying this is the same Leatherface because he's been hiding and shielding himself from the outside world, and they came in and put a pin in that balloon. There is no reason to believe otherwise. Now, there is, but in the movie world, there is no reason to believe otherwise because at no time did they even give you a hint that 
this guy has a room with all the Leatherface news clippings and a Leatherface shrine, and dude, he was right. He should have, he did what he needed to do to protect his family and blah, 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 mm-hmm. where suddenly now he feels like he has to copycat or take up that moniker. So there, since there's none of that, yes, it's my opinion the movie is trying to say, yes, this is the same dude. The problem with that mm-hmm. is the dude playing Leatherface is about 55 years old. And he's been in hiding for 50 years. Mm-hmm. John Larroquette, to bring this full circle, when he recorded the bit in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, was 27 years old. Yeah. He is now 74. Yes. And if you look at him, he looks it. Yes. 1,000%. So... Mom is going to the hospital with dude's girlfriend. And you're like, all right, this is where all that damage is starting. The bougie people show up in their party van. The part, they show up in a giant party van. These are not the people. It's a bus. It's a Greyhound bus. But I'm sorry, party bus. You're right. Yeah. I mean, the inside is all, yeah, like fucking smart lighted out and bullshit and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, the outside of it looks like a fucking 1950s Greyhound bus. So unless, again, like we've discussed, they're getting this town for a steal, these people, none of them are over the age of 30. No. And they all are rich enough to buy buildings in a town. They, there are no investors. There's no suits. There's no Roth IRA. It's, it's that. Flashback to uh, the journey to the hospital. Mama dies and Junior gets pissed. Which is where the damage starts. And I will say, this opening sequence of just brutality. Uh, he, The cop's going to go for his gun. Leatherface grabs his arm and snaps it backwards. And then javelins the bone through the driver's side. Was cool. I'm still, at this point in time of the movie, I have questions. And I'm laughing at some of the silliness. I'm like, alright, but this is, this is where the movie's going to pick up. This is the spot. We're going to start to see some... Some epic brutality. This is going to be a horror movie now. And yeah. Um, the girl in the car ends up being his first victim. He rips off his mama's face. And sh- uh, he starts wearing it. Thusly, it's Leatherface. Uh, mama makes one point to him before she passes. You stay out of my bedroom. A point only I mentioned because it's the first place he goes when he gets home. And I'm not sure why she told him not to in the first place other I, than... I know why. But right, we'll, and we'll get to that. Okay, good. Because please, then you continue. So, yeah. Um, it was a very quick scene. Like, there was no real setup other than... Leatherface, I'll call him Leatherface, soon to be Leatherface, the artist soon to be known as Leatherface, uh, <laughs> is freaking out because his mom's not breathing. He's putting the oxygen mask over. She's not responding. And he's grabbing the like the handle that the oxygen canister is on. And he's like shaking the hell out of it. Like, that's going to help. You know, we 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 need to shake the oxygen up because she's... The, and the, the cop reaches out and kind of grabs his hand to calm him and steady him. And Leatherface kind of snaps his head and looks looks at the cop. And that's when the cop reaches for his gun. And Leatherface takes the hand. Like, he grabs the dude by his wrist and then bends his arm, but in between his wrist and elbow, where the arm is not supposed to bend. And it was just very grab, snap, bone exposed, stab it into the side of his neck. And I was just like, well... That escalated quickly. Like, you knew shit was going to go down because the dude who you know is going to be Leatherface got pissed. My biggest problem there was, yes, I get it. His mom just died. No, these cops, apart from them dragging the mother out of the house, like they weren't the ones that started the domino rolling. It was the fucking kids back at the back at the town. Right. But. He obviously he was on such a razor's edge of keeping it together that this shit was <laughs> boiling so close beneath the surface that it was just, I don't care now. I'm going to stab dude with his own forearm bone. 
that you mean to tell me that there was never a time where the Uber Eats guy was three minutes late and dude just like ripped his jugular out with his teeth or, you know, he asked for decaf coffee and they gave him hazelnut coffee and he, you know, ripped some dude in half with his bare hands. Like, this is not a dude that went from zero to 20 to 40 to 60 to a hundred. This dude went from zero to 200 in the blink of an eye. Mm-hmm. The, uh, there's nothing my... you, you can't tell me that he went 50 years, right? Nothing <laughs> else has happened until that very moment. My favorite, uh, bit of that was, um, I'm sorry, we don't have Coke. Uh, we're a Pepsi establishment head through window. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, which brings me to sort of my other big foible of this of this movie, because it's the cops that are in the car. The cops are bringing them to the hospital. So Mr. L. Face, Leonardo Face, yeah. lived in town square with Mama in this town that is known about having a lurking giant golem of a bone man. And he... Worked next door to the automotive place, the one business still up, and nobody went, I wonder if, you know, that girl who survived, because we know that from Inside Edition, talked about a seven foot five man that looked like he was made of skin and muscle. You know, mama's got a new adoptee. And even wheeling her into the car, like, nobody went, oh, shit. We should arrest you. (laughs) It's just so cornball. Yeah, it was. I don't even know. I can't even. Um, we, yeah, we've, we've doing exactly what we said we weren't going to do and break it down into 15 minute chunks. Uh, We get down to everybody's dead. (laughs) Like, oh, so no, let me throw out why she said, stay out of my bedroom, please. Because, so, we get back to the house, and the uh, Richter, the the redneck dude uh, who owns the auto shop that is staying afloat, how, uh, comes into the house. Uh, the girl, uh, what the fuck was her name again? I can't remember her fucking name, because I couldn't be bothered to. Melody, the, the lippy one, no. is, is, oh, yeah, the is now hiding under the bed, because Dante... Uh, got his face cut open with a hatchet. Um, like the first five kills that he does, not with a chainsaw. It's almost like they're teasing you. Like, when is he going to get yes. the chainsaw? When's he going to get the chainsaw? Well, that's why she said, don't go into my bedroom. Because it's that's while it he's is. in the bedroom, he grabs his hammer, which we know he has. And after he's literally pulped dude's skull, like <laughs> it wasn't one move. Yeah. Dude, so I will say, when he fucking snapped his leg, that was pretty fucking brutal, too. Because it was Mm -hmm. a pretty decent hand-to-hand fight. And then dude hauls off with, like, the five-pound single-hand sledgehammer right in the front of his shin. And dude pulled, like, a fucking Sandman, where his whole fucking leg just bent the (laughs) wrong way. Uh, And then he takes the hammer, and he starts wailing away on the wall. And he rips open the wall, and then we get a view from underneath the bed where Melody is hiding, and we see the chainsaw hit the floor. Right. So apparently, Leatherface had tricked his chainsaw into the wall because he told him that's where he keeps his Amontillado. (laughs) And then he plastered up the wall to keep him... From, I don't know, like removing temptation. We're going to board it up and brick it over. So out of sight, out of mind. So I think she was trying to prevent everything that happened afterwards. Like, don't go into my bedroom, because if you do, you're going to get that fucking chainsaw out of the wall. And then it's all over. Right. I don't think that would have mattered because it was pretty much all over before he got the chainsaw. There's a body count to six by the time he gets to the bedroom. Yeah, it's just that at that point, we can actually call it the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and not the Texas whatever I have lying around that's within reach massacre, which is what it was up to that point. (laughs) Now, I will say, much like when you watch the original Star Wars movie, and then as much as people hated them, 
you watch the prequel movies and you know that the prequel movies came before, hence the mm. term prequel. Yes. And you kind of think in your brain, <clears throat> how come 20 years before Star Wars, everybody's doing all these cool fucking things with these lightsabers? And then 20 years later, as one would think technology advances, all the fight scenes become, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Uh, you got Qui-Gon fucking cutting open time-locked doors with him. You got double-sided lightsaber. Like, what the fuck? The cool thing that they did is, like, he's he did some pretty slick shit with this. The thing that definitely made me sit back and kind of, like, eyes open up, like, okay, is when she's running across the room to try to grab the shotgun. I mean, this is, I mean, we're jumping like a half hour ahead in the movie. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. And Leatherface just takes the chainsaw and like spins it and slides it across the floor like a fucking curling rock and like takes out her ankles. (laughs) I was like, yo, okay, I'll give the fight choreographer props on that because that's really cool. What fight choreographer is going to say, I got it. You're going to slide the fucking thing across the floor. Like, that was badass. I'm not going to lie. That was a very cool scene. A very small cool scene in an otherwise pretty terrible movie. She used a chainsaw like a skip it. It Literally, like a bolo, like around her leg. It was like, oh, okay, badass. I'll give you props on that one. Um, There's one. I I do want to throw out one positive note we haven't touched on. Uh, the younger girl in the movie, Leela, Lila, I don't remember which, the her origin story I actually thought was very, very cool. I thought that it was an interesting take. She was uh, in a school shooting at some point in time, so now she's sort of like this already has it built into her to be a final girl. Right. Um, I thought that was a cool take. Sadly, I wish that take was in a completely different film. 100%. And, like, they show her very skittish to violence. There's a scene where she goes into the garage to talk to Richter while Melody and Dante are in the house looking for the deed or whatever else, blah, 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 um, getting cut in half. And she sees Richter, and Richter's got the, uh, I'm guessing it looks like an AK-47 or an M16, something very similar to that. I'm not a gun guy, so if you're offended by the fact that I don't know exactly what it was, sorry, who cares? And right. she's like, is it loaded? And he takes the clip out and he checks it. And he's like, have you ever, have you ever shot one? Da, da, da. And she's like, no. And then she goes into the whole school shooting thing. Cool. And she dry fires it with no bullet in it. And the minute she pulls the trigger, she like freaks out and drops it and backs away. Like that yep. was, that was too much for her. Yeah. So it was like, okay, cool. Which was a very nice kind of juxtaposition to when we get towards the end of the movie. And she suddenly shows up with the shotgun. Now we have to mention it was the shotgun of Sally Hardesty. Yes, that was our last sort of they, to do. Yeah, they pulled a very Halloween lives, Halloween kills, whatever it was. Pulls, where, pulls is a bit of a gift. I would say they Xeroxed. Well, but still, uh, you you have the whole thing with Halloween where Laurie Strode, who survived the first one, you know, comes back to try to, you know, end the whole reign of Michael Myers, blah, 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 blah. Uh, so the fact that Sally Hardesty survived, somebody must have said, hey, let's do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, she it looks like she was doing a very bad Laurie Strode cosplay. Very in, bad. In the way that she looked. It was a different actress um, because the actress who played the original Sally Hardesty did pass away in 2014, I believe. So they did have to find somebody else to play Sally Hardesty. Um, but yeah. The girl who was scarred for life and who has gone into hiding gets a phone call from Herb, the proprietor of said fucking gift shop. Um, and was it him who told her? No, he called her because he was watching the news when they went to. Was it the cops who the, when she, I forget where? Oh, I know what it was. The first victim from the van after the sheriff and the deputy and everything died and he cut his mother's face off, she grabbed the CD radio trying to call for help. And she had she had managed to gasp out, he's wearing her face. And he was like, Sam was like, or Herb was like, oh my God, I know what that means. We got to get Sally on the phone. 
So, yeah. So they get Sally, and Sally's like, I'll be right there. Right. Because really? Sally lives close by. Yeah. Sally lives apparently in the same fucking town that this dude's been hiding. And not once has, you know, oh, hi, big, giant, nameless, you know, mentally challenged boy who <laughs> yeah, likes to exactly. wear people's faces. How are you today? Never putting two and two together and coming up with anything other than three and a half. Yeah, one thousand percent. It's <sighs> but the fact there there yeah, were so many it. bad horror movie tropes in this. Like, great, Sally comes after him with the chainsaw or with the with the shotgun. Shotgun, he gets shot a couple times, blah 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 blah. He literally sticks the chainsaw through her at naval level, cuts up to her <laughs> sternum, lifts her in the air, and then heaves her into a pile of garbage bags across the street. And seven and a half minutes later, as other action things have unfolded, Sally still manages to be able to shoot him again with her shotgun and tell Lila... Don't run because he'll haunt you forever. But bitch died the second that chainsaw went through her body. I'm like, really? Come on. And that is that point. That exact point was the one I wanted to bring up because she shows up. The girls are in her van. She says, girls, get in my van, get in my van. The girls go in her van. She gets in. They're like, all right, how come we're not going? She goes, because I have to end this. And I went, okay, fine, I get it. She's the Laurie Strode here. She goes and faces Michael. Uh, not, I'm sorry, Bubba. Loses very quickly. Like round one, Bubba wins. She gets back in the van and says, all right, let's go. <laughs> and then later, after she has lost completely, does she say to this fucking 14-year-old, Never run. It'll haunt your dreams or whatever she says. She bounces back and forth so hard on this like, well, since I'm dead, you probably should give it your best shot too. Right. It just made no flipping sense. No, it absolutely but, didn't. And it ends up our, you know, Lila is our final girl. Uh, her sister is not completely dead. She's only mostly dead. Her her sister ends up getting a hold of fucking the chainsaw. And so, yeah, Lila gets the, the shotgun, shoots him two or three times. Or, or, or Melody does. I don't even know who does at the end. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He, he backs up and he's doing the whole teeter-totter oh thing at the edge of this floor that leads into just a giant body of water. And she gets the chainsaw. And instead of fucking running him through the gut with it or cutting him in half at the waist, she uppercuts him with the chainsaw so that the barest, tiniest little piece of chainsaw clips him in the chin, kicks his head back, and he does the whole big nesty plunge splash into the water, floating there, apparently dead. And I'm just like, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. Throw the chainsaw at him, shoot him. And no, they hug each other and walk away and they go to get in the Tesla and you know what? Fuck this place. We're out of here. Fuck this shit. I'm out. They get in the fucking car. They go to leave. Window breaks open. Leatherface drags fucking older sister out the out the window. And Lila climbs up through the sunroof to watch as Leatherface holding Melody's hair cuts her head off with the chainsaw and the Tesla auto drives itself out. And then we get a post-credit scene of where he goes he goes home walking down the long path fucking driveway to this old abandoned looking farmhouse which I'm guessing is the farmhouse from the first movie yes. where the cannibal family lived. Until I looked at the wiki of this, I had no idea there was a stinger. None. Oh. Because we turned it off. Like, credits rolling. Uh, well, what else is on? No, when I watch anything now, as the credits start, I just kind of, like, slide my mouse pointer over the rest of the time bar just to see if it stays as credits. And I was like, oh, oh, there's something. Let me see what this is. Yeah, who cares? 
So yeah, apparently they're 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 hoping that this does good enough that mm-hmm. they can warrant making a second one. Hence the re of requel that it's a soft reboot packaged as a sequel to the original movie. So therefore they can continue the series. They're hoping. So the guys who uh, wrote this movie have done a handful of other movies. um, Most of which with the exception of one really just not well received. The only one that they really kind of hit smart on was don't breathe. And that's an intense fucking movie. Um, But Don't Breathe 2 is very bad. And it's bad in a very similar way to this one, where it takes what the first one did and just goes, well, we're just going to do what we want to do. And the screenwriter of this had only done one other movie before this that I'm unfamiliar with, Cobweb. So I have not seen a good review of this movie. Um, I think I, you know what? That's not true. I did see one person say, what a fun journey. So... Roto and Fede, two of the screenwriters, worked together on Don't Breathe. One yes. was co-producer, one was writer. Uh, Chris Thomas Devlin did nothing. Nothing. He was in shorts and was an assistant art director and a grip. And with this, with corn that tall, you got to wear pants. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Ah, so, uh, so yeah, let's talk about, uh, the ratings that you said. Uh, so if we look at, well, you're looking that up just for the record. Like the one problem is it's a Netflix movie, so we'll never find out what the viewership is. We'll just know whether it, you know, whether it gets another one or whether it doesn't. I have a feeling there's been so many other better things that have come and gone and not gotten a sequel. This one just ain't. IMDb rating of currently 4.9 out of 10 at the time that it was written on Wikipedia, 4.3 out of 10. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 32% out of 119 critics. Uh, Metacritic. 34 out of 100 based on 26 critics. The Um, website Rotten Tomatoes consensus, Texas Chainsaw Massacre doesn't skimp on gore, but Leatherface may have irrevocably lost his ability to terrify. So uh, for those unaware, I use Letterboxd to sort of keep track of the movies I watch over the years. Feel free to friend me up, uh, Rev Voice. Uh, My favorite review from Letterboxd, where this has a 2 out of 5, um, top review, one and a half stars. This literally happened to my friend Lori four years ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, Associated Press, Jocelyn Novick. This is great. Did we really need another? And sadly, given the lack of imagination, creativity, or even basic attention to logic in a perfunctory and downright silly script, the answer seems a resounding nope. <laughs> Brad Wheeler of Globe and Mail. This is good. Texas Chainsaw Massacre is what it says it is. You have your Texas, you have your chainsaw, you have your massacre. I would also like to put up uh, for approval to the Midnight Society here. The joke where something major, scary, horrifying, big happens and everybody pulls out their phone. Joke was funny once. In Cloverfield, which was a movie that came out like 12 years ago at this point. A man wearing another human face just walked into your bus with a running chainsaw. And somebody goes, oh, you're canceled, bro. Is neither funny nor interesting. It's dumb. We get it. People have phones now. Yeah. Yeah, the whole killer jumps onto the bus thing and slaughters everybody was done much better in Jeepers Creepers 2. Yes. And literally, why did it take Leatherface 15 minutes to kill everybody on that bus? Nobody was going anywhere. 
All he had to do was fire up that chainsaw, hold it at waist level, and walk forward. And, like, three minutes later, everything's done. There was no need for the whole... And to the same point, and my wife made this point when we were watching it, there's multiple spots where he's, like, squishing people up against the windows. There's giant, like... He's busy, and this is a double wide. How come nobody's trying to get around him? It doesn't... It, one person at the end, who I think is our, our heroes, do it. But nobody else has the thought, you know, he's got a big blind spot on that six foot of back he's got. If we just wait while he kills Steve, we can just kind of scamper about underneath him. Yeah. Just anyway. So, universe, internet, people who something... What did you think? Did you enjoy Texas Chainsaw? Are we being too hard on it? Are we just being assholes? We're, Rob, we're, we're not, but we would oh. like your opinion on it nonetheless. Yeah, and where can they tell us all that? You can go to somethingcast.com, the repository for all things something. Uh, you have our Twitter handle, STSTCast. You have us on Facebook, facebook.com slash something somethingcast. Uh, you can email us at something somethingcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know what you think, like, honestly and seriously. I know we say this after every so every episode. Hey, let us know what you think. And sometimes yeah. people do. But no, it's like, seriously, if you are listening to this episode, please, at STSTCast on Twitter, we want to know what people thought about this. Because I have some friends who are also in the podcasting community who are very, very, very deep into horror stuff. And I have other friends who are very deep into great movie reviews, and sometimes our theories and opinions on things line up. Sometimes, surprisingly, they greatly do not. But, like, we really want to hear back from people on what you thought about this, because I am still shocked and surprised that Netflix has this listed in its top ten, unless it's still there because people either are huge Texas Chainsaw fans and they're going to see it regardless or they're reading these terrible reviews and are like, I had, I got to see this for myself. Right. Like there, there's literally no reason that this needs to be as high on Netflix this far out from when it came out that it still is. I can't. It's either I can't so good it. that we got to see it. Or like it's it should so have been number one the first day and then like number 20 by the second day. Like I, I just don't get it. So please at STST cast on Twitter, hit us up. Let us know what you think. And with that said, I think we have sawn this movie straight in twain. I'm James Hatton podcast, Rob. <laughs> see you guys later. Later. We're chefs. We cook like we something, 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 something. Okay, here we go.